All right, and once again, we are live here on Dirt Racing the Bluegrass. Back to the podcast business uh, here for all of us. And uh, Wes, we made it, buddy. I, I tell you, uh, I think this podcast has been just about like my racing career. It started off well, and everything's going good, and it all went haywire after that. We've had technical issue after technical issue. It seems like <laughs> since those first few weeks, man, we had it. We had it rolling, and now all of a sudden, it seems like we can't get anything to go right. Hey, Mama said there'd be days like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding. But anyways, it is good to be back here uh, here on the podcast. We wanted so bad, man. Uh, I know we we both wanted so bad to be able to do a podcast. And hey, if you don't care, uh, hit the stop video button there on your on your screen. If you see that, it'll he- it'll help us with some uh, con- any connection issues that we might have. If you can if you can do that. But um, we wanted so bad to be able to do. Uh, to do a podcast from Eldora. And um, unfortunately we just couldn't make that, couldn't make that happen, but we had a good time up there. And um, so, like I said, it is good to be back here this evening with everybody. looks like we've got a few people jumping on here already to watch with us. And I do want to ask if you don't care, if you're watching already, please share this with your friends. We're trying to get our viewership up. We're going to talk about a few different hot topics, and uh, we're also going to talk to Ben Petrie. He's going to join us here in just a few minutes on the uh, Dirt Race and the Bluegrass Live podcast, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, but like I said, Wes, it is. It's, it's good to be back on here. Yes, it is. Uh, seems like it's it's been forever uh, long since uh, we have got on here and had a podcast, and Heck, it seems like it's been forever since we got home from Eldora, and that was a week ago today. So, just crazy uh, how how things happen and and time flies, and you know how much I miss Eldora and and what a great World One Hundred it was. Yeah, it definitely was, and that's something that I want to talk to you a little bit about. It seems like it's been a hot topic around the country. It's been a hot topic every, everywhere, though, to be honest with you. Just the, I think the current state of super late model racing. As we were, as we were up there at Eldora before the start of the World 100, we were all in the campground, and we're just talking, and we're like, you know, who would you like to see win? And I think everybody there said, I'd like to see anybody but Jonathan Davenport win it. And here's the thing, man. It's not because we're Jonathan Davenport haters. I mean, I like Jonathan Davenport. It's just you, you get tired of seeing the same guy winning over and over and really by all intents and purposes it seems like jonathan davenport has just ruined every crown jewel event this year um so anyways he ruined our party and uh, went on to to win the world 100 but just thinking about the current state of super late model racing seems like if it's not him it's brandon overton somebody's running away with every race and uh it just ain't fun, man. In my opinion, what what do you think? I agree, and that you know to to sit there at the World One Hundred for driver introductions, and for Jonathan Davenport to get booed like he did by the by the fans was crazy. I mean, my jaw hit the floor. He got more boos than Bobby Pearson and Scott Blomquist combined. Uh, just, just crazy. Um, the amount of, uh, booze because he has ruined 
uh, a lot of crown jewel races. Heck, you know, the North South 100, that, that was, that was one that, you know, he led all hundred laps. And speaking of another crown jewel, he just won at Knoxville, uh, a short and 50 lap, um, you know, Knoxville nationals, but, and yeah, it was a pretty good race. There was some lead changes there. Would have really liked to saw uh, Bruning or EPJ get the win, but another another crown jewel, and and that's one that Davenport Hatton won. But yeah, I mean he he just wins wins Knoxville, and uh, I mean the, the cat's just hot right now. His crew yeah. is working well, yeah. super. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And like I said, I mean, this isn't like hating on Jan- Jonathan Davenport or anything like that, but I just think, like, parody is good in racing. And I think things are just starting to show themselves. I mean, you know, think about it, Wes. We only had – I don't know if there's ever been a time in history, just thinking about even local late model racing, regional late model racing, but I don't know if there's ever been a time in history where we only had one driver from the state of Kentucky even make the North-South 100 – um, the same thing with the world 100, Josh Rice made them both, but man, it just seems like overall, like it's getting more and more difficult for local and even regional competitors to even come close at some of these big crown jewel events where it doesn't seem like that was always the case. And I mean, I just wonder, it just seems like something has to change with super late model racing. I mean, there's no parody in the sport. It doesn't seem like in, in late models anymore in super late models, um, it's just so much cost, so much technology. You know, the only thing you hear him talking about at the, at Eldora is air, 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 you know. Um, and, and it sounds so much like NASCAR. And I just feel like at some point something has to give from a driver's perspective and from a fan's perspective. Because guys that used to go up there and like somewhat compete at least, be pretty decent, they're not even close anymore. Right. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, it's definitely a, uh... Uh, a technology game and and you look at all the if you want to say it all the nascar um technology that is being used in dirt right now you know Earnhardt technology and with the shocks and this that and the other yeah it, it's crazy and to like you know those rodale doors to listen to shane mcdowell he's one that's been on the side of of working for a NASCAR team and he's got that technology and, and he's very intelligent on those, those race cars. And that's to the success of, of his brother Dale, but you know, technology is crazy and they do, they talk about the arrow, arrow, arrow and, and getting out in clean air and this, that and the other. And it is, it, it's, it's technology. And then you throw the, the tire aspect in there. Uh, for for next season, so a lot is changing. Um, it's it's like it's like the sports changing very quickly, um, especially on the national scene, and and really your your local regional shows are are better racing right now than than your national shows. Yeah, I mean, somewhat they are, but that's something else that we talked about over the weekend as well. I mean, even when it comes to regional, I mean, local, well, local super late model racing pretty much just doesn't even exist anymore. Not not around here, at least, but um, even on a regional level, I mean, 
in my opinion, and and you you know if you, if you don't agree, please you know please please disagree. But in my opinion, I mean, late model super late model racing is not near what it was even six, seven, eight years ago. I mean, on on most nights, even for a even for a regional event, you got one, two, maybe three drivers that show up that really have a good shot to win. Um, and it just seems like, like I said, I mean, I think things could be better and, and overall in the sport of, of late model racing. And I think there are things that, that, that certainly could be done. I mean, you know, and, and for those of you, uh, you know, we've been doing some polls, uh, on our, on our Facebook group here lately, but if you agree, disagree, whatever, you know, let us know in the, in the comment section, um, but yeah, Wes. I mean, even from a regional standpoint, it's getting more and more difficult on these guys. For one, I mean, we just don't have the drivers that we used to have anymore. I mean, we probably right here in our area have less than a handful of super late model competitors left. I mean, don't you think? I agree. I agree with you. And and, and you know, a lot is is the cost, and then you have to run a series race to even have a super late model show because you don't have the amount of cars. And, and as we've touched several times right now, you know, our, our lower classes underneath your super late model class are, are their better classes, you know, in the state of Kentucky and then in the region right now. And especially, you know, your crate late model division and, and your modified division, those two are kind of carrying the torch because you don't have a lot of super drivers uh, in the area right now. So that's where your better racing is, 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 you know, that and your super stocks and your road hogs and, and your, your front wheel drives. I mean, those classes are kind of carrying it because you're not going to find a ever Saturday night, you know, super late model show now, or, even even a once a month show, it's still tough to find the drivers and, and field a good field of cars. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I, I don't know what the what the fix is. Obviously, I'm not smart enough to come up with that. I heard Josh King on his Road to Eldora interview video. He said, you know, at some point we're going to have to stop moving sheet metal around because it's not working. And uh, But I just I think things are going to have to be done. And um, I think – NASCAR has got to the shape that it's in, that it's in today because of complacency and just letting things go, or maybe catering to a certain couple of people. But you know, the only the only way you're happy with the races, I think we've seen lately, even on a national level, uh, you know, crown jewels is if you're if you're a Jonathan Davenport fan, or you know, some of those few guys. But uh, I just like to see better 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 racing overall, and uh, I think cost has a lot to do with it, technology and all those things. And uh, I love super late models. I think it'd be an unfortunate thing to see, continue to see the decline that we've seen. And I do think things could be done. It's just, will they, will they do it? I think that's the question. Right. I agree with you. Well, another hot topic, uh, Wes, we're going to bring Ben on here with us in just a second, but before we do another hot topic, this is probably the biggest, most hot topic of, of all, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, earlier on, uh, early last week, uh, Roger Sellers, who's the owner of uh, Smoky Mountain Speedway, he's also uh, uh, Hudson O'Neill's car owner, uh, he put out a post on Facebook basically uh, challenging streaming companies to begin to compensate uh, racetracks for for uh, streaming their events. And, 
And, and yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, Wes. This has kind of been one of those topics that I think even Josh King mentioned it in his Road to Eldora video as well. But I was surprised to hear that tracks whose events are streamed aren't well compensated. D did you know that? And th does that surprise you that, that that's the case? See, I didn't, I didn't know. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but you know, to read that, that post that he made, it's unfair for, for these, you know, tracks and promoters and they work hard, you know, especially like a track like his, that they only run big shows and, you know, he's busting his butt each and every day. And then they may run once or twice a month and have a good, you know, big show. And then if it's, if it's streamed by a company, then that's, that's people that are not going to go and, and be uh, in the stands because they can sit in their, in their living room and watch it. And no, I didn't, I didn't realize that, that they wasn't uh, well compensated um, by those companies. Yeah, yeah, me either. And if, if you're again, if you're listening to us, we've got several on here listening to the to the podcast this evening. First of all, thank you for listening. Let us know too. Like, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Did you realize that the the tracks weren't uh, appropriately compensated uh, for by the streaming companies? Does that surprise you if that's the case? We did a poll earlier in the week, Wes. Uh, just I wanted. I was curious uh, to be honest with you. I was really just curious uh, to know what the fans thought. I mean. Uh, and and 96% of, of 76 total votes on our poll agreed that racetracks should be properly compensated when an event is streamed. Um, you know, it, it's just it just seems like that only makes sense. I mean, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's their track. It's their event. They're the ones who put in the time and the effort, you know, uh, and, and energy and make it all happen. And so... Uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it was absolutely uh, I just I just was blown away by the fact that they're that they're not uh, that they're not compensated. And I think it's one of those things that that needs to change uh, in our sport. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, we've got a, a Facebook user here says, you know, Dirt Vision pays absolutely zero to the track. And, and I think I think Roger Sellers, I think he he kind of made that point and uh i mean that's one that that definitely i mean they need to they need to pay a little bit back to the track um you know you've got uh lucas i think lucas oil does um i'm not heard if if xr i'm not sure if they do um but these different streaming agency they they definitely need to need to pay the pay the track back for uh for compensation for sure yeah, yeah, they need to they need to step their game up. I feel like, and you know, well, here's another reason. I've heard an excuse. I've heard one reason why that I've heard uh, streaming companies uh, you know don't don't pay is that well, the people who are going to go to the track are going to go to the track regardless, right? So, um, so there is there it may it's, it's okay because the people who are going to watch the race are going to go watch the race anyway. So we did another poll just. I was curious. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, is there anybody out there who says, you know, rather than, than uh, go to the track, I'm going to stay home and watch tonight because it's streamed. And um, according to that poll, uh, one in four have at some point said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to stay home tonight rather than go to the racetrack because it's just easier to, to, to sit at home and watch it. So 
that's a pretty big number, Wes, if you think about it. Think about the quarter of the grandstands, and what if one in four decided they were going to stay home? That's that's a pretty big loss for a promoter. Right. And I think that's what the issue comes down to, is I think streaming is good. I think it's good for our sport. I like it. I love flow racing. I love to be able to turn it on, uh, dirt vision, all those. I think it's a good thing. But I think at the same time, we've got to make sure – it doesn't become a negative for our racetracks. And I think they deserve to be compensated. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, we love it. The The races that we sure wouldn't get to watch because they're six, seven, ten hours away, um, we're not going to get to watch those races. A, a lot of times those those midweek races, especially, or early in the, in the week races, yeah, we're not going to get to make those. But we get to watch them, and and that is that is something that's that's awesome. But yet again, the tracks need to be um, need to be compensated. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and I here I kind of have another take on it as well. I mean, there was a time when the only the only races that were streamed were like the Crown Jewel, the the big events, you know, like World One Hundred, North South, those those events. And you know, Josh King even said himself, like he's not hurt by the North South 100 being streamed. Like he's going to pack the grandstands for those events. And I think the same is true. Like big major events, the fans are going to show up, but it's the, it's those in between events that I could see it becoming a problem. And I sort of dislike every little race being streamed um, because these promoters need people in their stands. Yeah, and and you know, a couple of years ago, I remember this. Um, I remember Lucas Oil TV getting into it with Crazy John Sandlin at the North South One Hundred because he was doing his stream and and had the races on there. And I remember them getting on to him and was like, "Listen, don't don't record this because." You know they were they were having it as a streaming option. That was early on, and and that's been several years ago. And I can remember that happening, um, and that that was crazy to see. Yeah, it is. And and uh, Ken Short said it's it's a double edged sword. A, a stream can draw new fans, but how many are they just replacing that used to come? And um, I I think that's uh, I think that's a, that's a good point. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I believe that streaming overall is a good thing for our sport i think it does draw people who who may not necessarily come to the racetracks i think streaming companies do a lot of good things for for our racetracks i mean they do and 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 i think a part of it is roger said roger sellers in that post he said a lot and i think it very simply he could have said a lot in just a one sentence and that is streaming is good but racetracks deserve to be compensated that's it like i know it's not one of those things that i want to see in i just think that that, that there needs to be uh it needs to be fair and i think racetracks uh, deserve deserve to be compensated which leads me into something else wes uh i don't remember if you were there or not but i think there may be a little something else that sort of i'm not saying I, th- I think he made that post because he wanted to make a point but um, we were we were walking through the pits. I think it was Friday night at the World One Hundred, 
and Roger Sellers was standing there, and Hudson O'Neill, I think he had just won the preliminary night there, and and uh, Michael Rigsby walked past him, and I heard Roger yell at Michael, and he said, "Hey Rigsby, lose my phone number." And then Michael walked over in there, and there was a there was a, a heated discussion. Let's just say so. Those two weren't happy with each other, um, so that might have had a little bit of something to do with with going ahead and making the post. What do you, what do you think? It might have been. I I, <laughs> I wasn't with yeah. you then, so yeah, that brings up a that that just throws another wrinkle in the uh, in the equation. Um, yeah, they they may be some bad blood between them two. Yeah, yeah, it does. Who knows? Anyways, like I said, I think what Sellers had to say needed to be said, and I think something needed to be done. I love streaming. I love flow, dirt on dirt. I think they're great for our sport, and I don't want to see them go away. But I, I do think they need to reevaluate fairly compensating our racetracks. All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and move on from that and uh, appreciate everyone that had some feedback here. We've got several comments in the comment section here on our on our video. Thank you all for watching. But uh, we do want to go ahead and uh, and move on, and we're going to bring uh, the uh, open-wheel modified driver, Ben Petrie, on the uh, Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live podcast with us. And, uh, Ben, I've been looking forward to speaking to you for a while. I've had a couple people message us and ask us to bring you on here, man. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, this is one of the things Wes we've, we've talked about. Uh, we, we want to have, we would love to be able to have every single driver across the state of Kentucky on this podcast at some point. Um, it, this, that's what this is all about. I would it, love to. <laughs> it, it's good to reach out and, you know, give some people a little advertisement also. So it works out good for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I think, uh, I think this is sort of something that, has been missing here locally um, in our sport, just a way for another way for fans to engage with drivers and drivers engage with fans, man. I, I tell you what, I think local racing overall would be better if we could find different ways to, to bring that connection between drivers and fans. Cause I think when fans feel connected to the sport, they're going to be more likely to show up to the racetrack each and every week. Don't you think Ben? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and you get people uh, even on, you know, a courtesy basis, uh, friendship basis, you know, and they come out and they have a good time. They're going to bring more people and it's just good for everybody, you know, fan base, uh, promoters for, you know, the any and every track. Uh, it's just going to make it better for everybody. And, you know, and, and as a driver, you know, the more people you got up there and hollering and screaming, you know, it just it gets you pumped up even more and wants you to do better. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does, man. Which leads me to this: uh, last Friday night, well, Friday night before last. It's been a while since we've done a podcast now, but uh, you went over to Thunder Mountain Speedway up there in Corbin, their very first night, and uh, put on a show up there. Brought home the win. What was that like? Very first night. Bringing home the bringing home the checkered flag from Thunder Mountain Speedway. Oh, it was man, it was a great feeling. Um, you know, I've known I've known the promoters and the owners most of my life. Uh, great people. You know, he's been uh, he's been working at this situation 
for I think around five years or so now. Um, you know, he, he's finally getting it up and going. Um, you know, and he's gonna have a few hiccups here and there, but you know, it, it just kind of feels like a hometown scene. Uh, you know, just walking around, you know, took a trip over to the stands. And man, all the people that I used to see, even when we raced asphalt years ago at Corbin, uh, you know, everybody's like, Hey man, you know, and talking and going on and and hopefully we put on a good show for them and uh you know, hopefully get them coming back. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Wes, I'm not going to leave you out this time. You're going to get the next question, buddy. I promise. I'm just not, I'm not, I refuse to do it this time. But I do want to say if you're listening here with us this evening uh, and you've got a question for Ben, feel free to leave it there in the comments. We'll get that to him as well. I'd like to see some fan questions come up. Go ahead, Wes. Uh, ben, you kind of touched on it there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your overall career in racing and uh, I can remember as as a little boy watching you race on asphalt there at Corbin and uh, you know I've I've watched you the majority of my life in in some kind of motorsports uh, deal but tell uh, tell our fans and listeners uh, kind of how your careers went and uh, how it's evolved to, to where you're at today well for one Wes you've never been a little kid <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just get that's that out true. in the open. Uh, but no, you know, we, we've had a great racing career. Um, you know, made a lot of friends over the ways. And, you know, and I mean, to this day, we still look at most of them as family. You know, right. um, we started, uh, I started my career, of course, at Corbin on asphalt in 1998 as a as my rookie season. Uh, had a very successful season. Um, I think our first year we won, I think, 19 races our first year. Um very successful there. Um, started, you know, kept racing Corbin, uh, run pure street for a couple of years, moved up to a, to the super street level, um, uh, which is kind of the difference between like the hobby stocks and the KDRA stuff now on dirt. Um, and then we finally moved into, uh, to late model at Corbin, run it for a few years. Um, then Corbin ended up shutting down, uh, one year real early. And man, we just wasn't done racing. You know, we was ready to do something. So I actually went over to my buddies. JJ uh, Patterson had an old Dirt Works modified back in his field that was just growed up, weeds growed through it, tore all to pieces. We went and had to hook a tractor to it just to pull it out of the weeds because they was all growed to it. <laughs> um, we took that thing and, and took it down to my buddies and put it on a frame rack. And had to straighten the entire frame out on it because it was just JJ's had it. Which, and uh, we uh, took it home, put a motor stuff in it, went racing that weekend. And just be honest with you, it's been dirt for us the whole way. Uh, we officially transitioned into uh, modified racing in 07. Um, continued to do that for several years. Uh, won a couple track championships with it. And we got a dirt late model there for a couple years and run it. Um, and then that was about the time that even that Burnside had shut down and, you know, went dormant for, for a little bit and finally decided, you know, late model deal wasn't for us. Um, so we found us another modified, uh, which is the current one we have now and just went back to having fun, man. That's, yeah, that's a, a great career you had, and and I, I've I've been there through uh, about all of it, which which is really cool. And and I know our families have have 
always been friends. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, those friendships you make at the racetrack, um, you're friends, but you're more like family. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's what I love about, you know, when we raced at Corbin, when we raced at, you know, Mount Vernon, when it was asphalt, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the feel that, that Lake Cumberland has, you know, yes. when you go there and, and Ponderosa and, and, you know, that kind of family feeling. And, and I hope that, that that continues with Thunder Mountain there in Corbin. Uh, I hated that uh, Dennis decided to run, you know, the Friday night of the World 100, which <laughs> a lot of us was up there. But, hey, we were definitely uh, promoting, <laughs> if you will, uh, Thunder Mountain Speedway from, from Rossburg, Ohio. I know uh, right before uh, right before Friday night's uh, program there, um at Eldora, uh, me and Jared Dickey, you know, we jumped on and did a, did a live from the campground, uh, um, you know, just to kind of give, uh, everybody an update on, on the car count. And I think he said it was somewhere around 120 cars on the grounds. Um, and that was, that was kind of before hot laps and, and all that. So, um, we wish that track, um, uh, you know, to have success and, and really want to see our local tracks work together. Um, because if, if they don't, if they don't work together, I don't see any of them really making it. So, I mean, all of them's going to have to come together, work together on a schedule and make it good for us fans. And, uh, you want to kind of, uh, work together and help each other and, and not, not try to shoot each other's foot and kill, kill the sport more in the area. So, uh, and, and I see good things in the future between, between our tracks and, and all of them working together. I sure hope so. Well, something else you meant, uh, you said there, uh, Ben, you pulled the old dirt works from the, from the weeds, <clears throat> which I think is funny because if Tyler Rigsby is listening right now, he knows that we at one time pulled the dirt works from the weeds as well, or it should have been in the weeds because it was in bad shape. We never did make it to the track with it. But uh, anyways, now you've got this, uh, this lightning. So sounds to me like it's possible to take an, a, a modified now at, maybe not necessarily have the newest updated stuff. And as you've shown, you can win in it, but how much has even modified? You probably heard us talking about super late models and kind Mm -hmm. of where they've gone today, but how much has modified racing changed between when you first started and today? Well, I mean, it, you know, and it's just like you were saying earlier, uh, you know, technology is the key. Um, You know, you've got these companies that have, that have really focused and mastered, you know, shock technology. Um, you know, that's even like scaling a car nowadays is unheard of. Um, you know, they're wanting to go by pull down measurements and, you know, and spring rate pressures. Um, you know, everybody's got these, well, I say everybody, but people's got these fancy pull down rigs that gives them like on track measurements. Uh, I mean, sky's the limit. Um, technology is just above and beyond what it was, you know, say years ago when we started running a Camaro, you break something, you go to a junkyard and find it and bolt it on and go, you know? Um, but I mean, it's just, it's an endless game. Um, it'll always be that way. Um, you know, I mean, in all reality, you know, racing is a rich man's sport. Um, 
by no means are we rich by at all. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we struggle, you know, we work hard for what we got, um, you know, and just, uh, make sure, you know, we keep the best, best stuff we can and keep going with it. Well, Ben, it, it, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's awesome to see local, local guys with not pockets full of money, I guess you could say, be able to take home some big wins here in just a minute. I, I do want to make sure Wes, I think it's important. We talked about that win earlier than in the year at Lake Cumberland Speedway as, as well. It's pretty cool seeing you take home that win. But before we do, sounds like you know Wes pretty well. I don't know if you realize this or not. We call him Worldwide Wes here on the podcast because it's hard to get through the pits with the guy. I mean, like it take you got you had to plan. Like if you go back to the pits with Wes, you you got to plan at least an hour and a half to get from the pits and then back to the grandstands because it seems like everybody knows him. That's the same if guy. You know Wes? Yeah, same guy. You know. Well, if you know Wes very well, he's 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 a guy that's full of use, useless knowledge, I like to say. And uh, we like to play a game here on the podcast called Stump the Wes. And uh, so I want to get you to help me with this. Wes doesn't even know that we're doing Stump the Wes tonight. He has no idea what the topic is. So I know he's probably scared to death right now because he thinks probably maybe for the first time I'm going to actually stump the Wes. But if he misses, I'm going to give you a chance to save him. Wes, we're going to do car numbers, uh, random drivers. I just thought of these off the top of my head. We're going to do car numbers. If you get four out of five correct, you win. If you don't, I get to stump the Wes. You ready? Yeah. All right. So here we go. Car numbers. Uh, all right, Wes, what number is Tyler Hayes? Tyler Hayes is 23. All right, starting off on the right track again on me here. On Stump the West, Tyler Hayes is number 23. All right, Wes, what number is Colin Watson? Colin Watson is 55. Man, you got to be kidding me. I mean, how do you know? You know, it's just, it's, it's really, it's ridiculous. I'm he gonna, don't I'm do nothing but you. watch YouTube. I know, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's, it's not even fair. Who, you know, anyways. All right, here we go. I'm going to get you on this one. If you get this one, I, I quit. How's that? I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Brad Fields. Brad Fields, 01. Yeah, see, I'm in the game now. All right, can you save him, Ben? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad Fields, he's a, he drives a front-wheel drive. He's number seven, so oh. there you go. Yeah. yeah, it's just too bad. Sorry you couldn't get them all right this, this time, Wes. Right. All right, this one's easy for you. Ben Petrie. 43. Is that the only one? Okay, let's see if we can get this right. Is there, is there another? Is there another number? Oh boy, let's see. 42. Wrong. Wrong. See, you're not as good as you thought you were. You, if you can't, if you can't get the backup number, you're you're really not that good. So, <laughs> what what number was it, Ben? My rookie season, the first couple of years I raced Camaro at Corbin, it was actually forty five. Forty five. I said forty two. 
Yeah. Hey, you I, were close. I you were close, buddy. I remember, I remember you driving the 45 now. And didn't didn't Roy drive that number too? Yes, that, and that's yeah. still currently his number. Right. I should have said 45. Uh, I forgot. I can't, get them, I can't get them all. You can't get them all. That's exactly right. You can't get them all because if you did, this game wouldn't even be any fun. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So that, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, some backstory there. Ben Petrie, number 45, back in the day at Corbin Speedway. All right. Last one, Wes. If you get this one, you win. If you don't, I win. Todd Kaufman. Todd Kaufman, 35. All right, and once again, I was not able to stump the West. That was an easy one, though. You, you've got to admit, I was afraid you'd struggle with some of those, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I made it a little too easy this time. But anyways, I, I'll up my game next week. How's that sound? I didn't even know we were doing a stump the West today. So you sprung that one on me. Didn't know a topic or anything. So I know, man. You didn't. I, you didn't. We're going to do car almost- numbers again. I'm going to tell you, we're going to do car numbers again next week, and I'm going to stump the West. How's that sound? Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. I, I, I'm happy with car numbers. I can do car numbers all day. All right. Sounds good. We're going we're gonna to find out next week. All right, Wes, go ahead. I'm going to let you have next question. I'm not hogging the mic with being on with us here. Uh, let's see. Um, let's talk about on- LCS. Yeah, uh, Ben, I know uh, that's primarily your your home track right now is, is Lake Cumberland, but I really like to see when when you branch out and go run somewhere else. Like when you go run even Ponderosa, when you go run 411, um, you know, some of those tracks like that. Um, tell us a little bit about, What's what's kind of not a kind of a track that you only get to run maybe once a year or once every two or three years, but what's your favorite favorite track other than Lake Cumberland? Uh other than Lake Cumberland, because like I said, that that's our home. Uh I mean that's where we've you know, that's where I've cut my teeth dart racing. Um love it, you know, that's just home. Uh, as far as getting out, I mean, we've not ran a whole lot of other tracks, um, just cause, I mean, we don't like traveling, you know, it's when you can go down the road and, and have fun, have a good time, you know, that's, that's good for us. Uh, but saying that, um, getting out and doing some traveling as far as racetrack and facility, um, at this point, I would say our, our you know, our next favorite track would probably be 411 um love the facility love the racing surface it normally works out you know to what we like you know i like i like slow and slick tracks um it's a heck of a lot easier on the equipment um, and, and it just makes you do a little more homework yeah and i, I want to talk to you know before we let you go here uh ben i've got to ask wes we talked about this on the po- i can't remember if it was on the podcast we at least talked about it a few months ago uh lake cumberland had a modified special mod mania mm-hmm. there at lake cumberland speedway and uh victor lee was there blake brown was there and 
man, Victor Lee, Blake, th those guys, they, they, they've traveled quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, Victor Lee won the winter nationals, the modified portion this year down at East Bay. He's won all over the country, this part of the country, at least it seems this half of the country in that modified, you won that race. There was some names there that night. That had to be special to you. What what was that like leading that field there that night uh, and, and picking up that big win at Lake Cumberland, defending your home turf, you might say? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, it was great for us. Um, that, you know, to date is actually the the highest paying race that I've ever won. Um, but, I mean, you know, I love competition. Um, that's what makes the sport fun it just worked out in our favor that the car was really good that night. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, there was, there was some big name guys there. Uh, but you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, everybody goes and does their best and, you know, sometimes it just works out better for the other guy. Um, I mean, I, I love to say that, you know, everybody that was there is close personal friend of ours. Um, I know you mentioned Victor. He's, you know, he's the one that makes our car look like it does. Um, you know, without him, it wouldn't look as, as good as it does, you know, matter of fact, he even designed it this year. That was all, all his design. And of course we had to talk the wife into it over the phone and she's like, well, finally she didn't care. And now she loves it, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but no, I mean, it, and it's great, you know, and it means a lot to, uh, to know that, you know, you get these guys coming in on your home turf. Um, and, and you know, we was just able, and the car was just really good that night. And we was just able to, you know, to buckle in and, you know, and, and pull it off. You mentioned there uh, about your wife, and that's something that, that I wanted to, to touch on. You don't have a, a big team with a lot of guys working on the car. It's it's you, your son, and your wife. And something we've also, every, every driver we talk to, there's, there's always a um, – talking about their, their family and their race team and, and how much their family means to their race operation. Kind of talk to us a little bit about that dynamic with, with your family and your race team. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just what we do. You know, we're a racing family. Um, I met my wife at the racetrack. I mean, we grew up at the racetrack together. Um, and, I mean, that's just, you know, that's part of it. You know, we love it. Of course, and – intense we've we've raised our son up into it also um he done a little bit of racing back when he was younger we started him off in a go-kart um he had a little wreck in that mama said no more so we got him a one of them little mini cups he run it for a little bit and then they just kind of deplenished around here um but you know racing and going to the racetrack is something you know people go out on picnics and camping you know, and family events, this is what our family does together. Um, we load up and we go to the racetrack. Um, you know, we, there really ain't much that helps us. You know, it's, it's me, my wife and, you know, my son, Logan, uh, he's stepped his game up a ton this year. Um, he's, he's been really on point with getting the car going. He, uh, he operates the sticks for me every night. Um, he's, he's my main spotter. He, you know, tells me what's going on behind me and what I need to do, basically. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, not every weekend, but, you know, some weekends we have some friends that step in and go with us. Uh, you know, my brother will go with us every once in a while. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's normally just the three of us. 
You know, it's a crazy thing, man. Like, because it seems like in, in so many ways in, in every way for all of us, I mean, racing is a family thing. I mean, I know for myself, like I wouldn't be into racing. I probably wouldn't know what dirt racing is if it wasn't for my dad memories of going to the racetrack with him. I I mean, Wes, I, I think that's true for every one of us, everybody out there watching. I'm sure it's true for all of you. Racing is a family sport. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You go back even to the day, uh, speaking of Wes, you know, of course, everybody knew Big Tommy. Um, You know, he was, he was an uncle to me. I just ain't even gonna lie. Um, But years ago, he actually, when he got into racing and was doing a bunch of racing, he actually drove a car for my papa. That's just, that's awesome. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it truly is. And and I think, like I said, I mean, for all of us, racing is a family sport and, you know, thankful for it and uh, keeps us out of a lot of trouble, makes us spend a lot of money maybe, but there, there's a lot worse things we could be doing. Absolutely. And, uh, life just wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for the dirt track. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I always said uh, that I'll raise my son with a, with a racing addiction so he couldn't afford anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to touch on this, Ben. Uh, you were talking about Logan really, really stepping his game up this year, and 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 I've noticed it. Um, the way he's working on your car, getting everything set up, you know, being your stick man, uh, he's he's really he's really coming coming along in that crew chief um, role, I guess you mm-hmm. you will. Um, and that's just cool to see him growing up and being more involved like that. Oh, I think we just, I think we just lost him with. We'll see if he jumps. Yeah, I think we did. I think we just, we just, we, uh, we dropped a connection with uh, Ben Petrie. Uh, I'll I'll watch here and hopefully he'll be able to jump back on. Not, not sure what happened there, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, racing definitely a family sport. And if he jumps back on here, we'll give him just a second to, we we always want to, there he is. He's he's back on with us. Let me add him back here, real quick to the stream. All right, go ahead, Wes. I think he's we lost you there. Just yeah, kick me out. We might have we might have extended our time there. Um, (laughs) No, I was just talking about. I've noticed at the track this year, um, with with Logan really stepping up, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, and, and taking on that crew chief role and getting your car ready helping you with whatever you need, being your stick guy. And that's just awesome to see. And, and and he's learned all that from you. And that's just cool to see. Yeah. He, like I said, he does great. Um, you know, he, he's excited and he's wanting in a car, um, you know, and then he was like, I want to get a car and I want to race with you, dad. And I'm like, well, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. Uh, but we can't have two. I said, I can't handle keeping up with one more or less two. Um, but you know, he's, uh, I, and I asked him, I said, man, if you're ready to get in it and you're ready to do it, I'll step away and it's yours. Um, and, and, you know, he's just, and he's told me, he said right now that he said, you're, you're on top of the game. Um, it's, everything's going too well. He said, I want you to keep going. Um, he said, maybe in a, another couple years or something, you know, maybe I'll be ready for that. He said, but I don't want you to quit yet. So, I mean, you know, when, when he's ready for it, I mean, it's, I'm going to hand the steering wheel to him and probably pull all my hair out. 
what's left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Maybe it won't be long until the forty-three will uh, will belong to your son. And I, I mean, that would that would be a cool thing. Hopefully, you won't lose all of your hair. And uh, it's about so, gone, anyways. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the rest of it, anyway. Yeah. So. Well, Ben, it's been fun uh, having you on here, the podcast with us again. Thank you so much for, for uh, joining us. I, I want to give you a second. While we've got you on here, we always want to do this. Uh, give you a second just to thank all the, all the folks that you need to thank who make all this fun possible for you. Absolutely. Well, you know, first and foremost, we got to thank God because he's the one that allows us to do anything. Um, you know, we put him first. The rest of it will play. Um, he's, you know, we've been beyond blessed this season and, and it's all because of him. I mean, plain and simple. Um, you know, we got, uh, we got several people that, that help us out a little, um, you know, Don Franklin family dealerships. Uh, you know, we, we work at the, I work at the Ford store in London. Um, you know, they help us quite a bit and of course they give us the week to week paycheck. So that helps a bunch, um, affordable asphalt and ceiling, um, does great asphalt concrete work recommend them to everybody uh, if you need any contact information look me up i'll get you hooked up um langford's hillbilly recycling uh, my daddy-in-law does a little scrapping business and we just like to throw him a little shout there uh schrader motor sports photography uh derek has been around us and with us since basically we started years ago in corbin great kid love him to death um and he, he's a big part of our program. Um, just does everything above and beyond to try to try to get pictures for us and get us out there. Um, of course, Lightning Chassis, you got to thank them. Um, you know, Donnie made me a, a great car years ago. Um, fixed it up about four years ago. Uh, and obviously, it's, it's going back good for us. Uh, once again, you know, ex extreme style and graphics. Uh, you know, Victor's the one that put the wrap on it, made it look good. Uh, Dirt Defender, um, them guys have got the best wheel covers that I've used and run, very durable. And, of course, you know, uh, my wife and my son, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do it. Um, you know, she works as hard as I do every day, every week, to make sure that, uh, that we're able to go racing. Uh, Bullock Race Engines, he's the one that's, uh, you know, that's built what we got under the hood best stuff we've ever had um, just got to take my hat off to him it's just more than good for us awesome man well we can't wait to see you on down at the races uh, on down the road at the races as spanky to spain says um, yep. all the time thank you so much for joining us on here this evening it's it's been a lot of fun and uh good luck this weekend i'm sure you're going to be heading uh, to i'm assuming you're going to be heading to thunder mountain on Friday um, they they are running Friday night uh, plans as of now are to are to try to get everything fixed up and ready to go um, so yeah everybody come on out and support and like I said if you don't go there go somewhere um, I mean dirt tracks and all the tracks gotta have fans to make it work um, that that's just the way it is it, it don't matter if you want to come watch us or you want to go two hours down the road and watch somebody else just please do it Yep. Sounds good, man. We'll we'll see you at Thunder Mountain. How's that sound? Sounds great, buddy. <clears throat> All right. Have a good one, buddy. You too. Thank you, Ben. Thank Always you, Wes. Always a pleasure, buddy. Yeah, man. Anytime. See you, buddy. All right. Ben, 
Ben Petrie on here with us. A good conversation there. Wes, I tell you what, man. I mean, maybe I say this every week, but uh, I mean, I have fun myself just getting a, getting a chance to talk to some of these guys. It's um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you hear things, you hear stories, you learn things that you you wouldn't otherwise. I agree with you 150 percent, and and it's just cool. And and we've said it each and every show, but to get to talk to these drivers and and whether you know them kind of on a personal um, personal side or not, it's just cool. Um, and you always still learn more about them after you, after you talk to them and interview them to hear their stories and the history that they, they have in the sport and their careers and how their family's involved. I just, I love it. I love talking to, to each and every driver. And like you said, I hope we can, we can, interview and talk to every driver and have them on you know in the state of kentucky i mean that that would be awesome yeah i agree and if you're listening you've got a recommendation for us to be honest with you wes all these people that we've had on here so far has been somebody that some people or, or somebody or multiple people have reached out to us said hey get get him on here you know so um we're happy to have recommendations if there's somebody you'd like to uh to for us to have on the podcast let us know We'll, we'll do everything we can to make that happen. And, uh, Wes, one more item of business before we jump off here and end this show. Uh, upcoming events uh, around us here uh, this weekend and, and in the weeks to come. Uh, this weekend, we've got Castle Speedway. I believe this weekend will make two months for various reasons since they've ran their last show. They're having a regular show this Saturday, September 24th. Uh, so looking forward to seeing them get back started on, on Saturday. Uh, Florence Speedway is off as, as they'll have the king of the compacts and king of sport mods coming up September 29th through August 1st. That's 10,000 to win for both of those divisions. And um, I know I won't be able to make that one, but that one, Wes, will be a, be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Thunder Mountain Speedway is running this Friday night, September 23rd. Uh, and and uh, there will be their second event since they were finally able to get things going there at Thunder Mountain Speedway. And uh, as Ben said, come out and watch him and some of the other drivers there. It'll be a fun night. Uh, up next at Ponderosa is the Fall Classic weekend. It'll be September 30th, uh, Friday night, um, 5,000 to win. I believe that's yeah, September 30th through October 1st. I think that is. Yeah, yeah. it's 5,000 win um, Ironman Super Late Model Series and then uh, 10,000 on Saturday, the 1st, October 1st. And then both nights, they just made a made a schedule change there earlier this evening. Um, Two fifteen hundred to win uh, open wheel modified races um, there at Ponderosa Speedway uh, September 30th and October 1st. Yeah, yeah. So huge, huge weekend there coming up, and then uh, up next at Lake Cumberland Speedway is uh, five thousand to win late models, and that's on October eighth. Uh, and um, I believe the next event at Richmond Raceway will be the, be the Bluegrass Nationals, and uh, so that's at, that's closer to the end of October. So we'll get to that uh, in the future. But some big racing coming up this weekend, Rockcastle on Saturday night, Thunder Mountain on Friday night, and then the action really sort of picks up the following week at some of the other other tracks around here. But uh, 
we do uh, encourage you to get out and support your local dirt track this weekend and uh, find find one open and go and go and watch watch the action. Wes, it's been a fun show. I, I didn't miss anything there, did I? No, no, you got it all. All right, wanna, sounds good. Just yeah. want to encourage the fans, as Ben said, go out and support your local racetrack this weekend. Uh, you got racing on Friday and Saturday night. If if you can, if you can and able, hit hit two shows. Hit one on Friday night at Corbin and, and go to Rock Castle on Saturday night and uh, support those two local tracks. Yep, I'm with you, man. Looking forward to it. Well. Uh, for West Lanham, he's over there in Campbellsville. I'm Josh Chastain. I'm in Richmond. This has been Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live. We'll see you at the races. <laughs>